I feel pretty bad today. Yeah, you you do. You don't sound great. You poor thing. Poor sausage. Poor sausage. If you didn't see, uh, Tesla released the Roadster Two. Now I know you two, or at least Jules, you're not too interested in cars. Well, I, I am. I am a little bit. Yeah. Um, I just. I just don't know. I don't. I'm not. My knowledge of cars is nothing like some of the other people I know. Even you guys. It doesn't. I like cars, but, but yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not too bothered. Sorry, Andrew. All right. I I would personally say I'm. I guess I'm more of a car guy than you two, but I'm not anything ridiculous. Like I don't own a nice car. I don't own. You know. I don't like. I don't. I want to uh, own a nice car, and I want to have a, a car to modify as well. I think your your re- nice car here is a relative term. You do have a nice car, but it's not a supercar. Is what you're trying to say? <laughs> I guess. I mean, even even something that was better than what I've currently got, I might consider as a nice car. Mm, yeah, but I think re- realistically speaking, you know, it's quite a nice car. Okay. One of the things I do like, though, is I do like how cars look. I I don't necessarily have the all the knowledge of um, like the the heritage behind them and things like that. Mm. But when I see a nice looking car, I get that. I get that it's ni- those nice looking vehicles. You know, it's a machine. It is something designed to look like it is in motion. So there's design, and then there's there's actually like driving them and enjoying driving them as well. And I'm actually surprised that you're not more of a car guy because you really like forza and racing games i do i like i like playing forza um i like the racing games in general i like formula one um but but as a general kind of thing like if i look at you know some some car in front of me in the road and it's some kind of audi i don't know where that stacks up against other right. cars like it just doesn't it's it doesn't fairly easy with audis mean, i mean you've got numbers <laughs> yeah, that's that's the reason. That's the reason why I said because at least they're easy simple. to get. Yeah, yeah. I mean, BMWs get a bit weird with their specific uh, numbers, but anyway, um, Tesla released the the Roadster Two on the back of a truck, quite literally. Right. Yeah, and now now I did I did actually see the video where this came out. Now the the significance here, and uh, like the Audis, we've got numbers, but this is a Roadster Two because it is a second generation. It is roadster have you seen the photos of this yes holy crap it looks insane it just the the way it looks is amazing and the interior is is well i guess tesla like it's kind of space like it's pretty pretty mad but um see i i was i was actually more uh wanting to talk talk about this topic a bit further but after my experience yesterday with my own car i uh I, I don't really want to drag on this for too long, but this car does look insane. And it's currently boasting a base. Uh, the base package is currently boasting zero to 61.9 seconds, which yeah. Elon Musk says is the fastest production car ever. If they ever actually get it to production. Yes. That's the thing, isn't it? If you actually, uh, if you want to hear some people who have talked about this properly, then listen to uh, ATP episode 249. I'll put a link in the show notes, the after show has more uh, more on this actual topic. So one of the things about Teslas, of course, is the fact that they are electric. They use yep. batteries. Now, um, my personal opinion on my car, I mean, when I got my car, there that wasn't really an option at all. Unless you wanted um, a Prius. 
yeah but even Which then no one does like um but for for me i never cared so much i mean it's not that i didn't care it's just that the the combustion engine inside it was is not part of it that interests me so you know coming mm-hmm. back to thoughts about cars how it works like that that just that wasn't real that's not really something that i'm super interested in i get the general idea you know i've seen um you know videos about how these combustion engines work i've i've seen examples of how the gears work and everything else but i think one of the things that's attractive about the teslas is the technology inside it the fact that it is using you know the battery tech and everything else it is better for the environment it's it's more interesting um and you know it's it's clearly it's the future of cars now how do you guys feel about that because i mean obviously we've all got uh you know fossil fuel based vehicles mm-hmm. i have a very kind of specific opinion about this and it's partly kind of old fashioned i guess i really like petrol cars and the thought that in the future we won't have any uh, allowed on the roads genuinely upsets me because I enjoy driving and hearing and the kind of specifics around building uh, a a powerful kind of, uh, you know, combustion engine. (laughs) And although I do like the, like the, the, um, the Tesla Rosa 2 is like showing how crazy this technology is and what the future is of, you know, you can go faster with this kind of car, right? But it's still, I mean, I also like, I don't just like supercars. I also like, you know, Japanese kind of cars and cars that are built for drifting or, uh, you know, racing around dirt tracks and things like that. So I don't like, uh, at the same time, like I want a Tesla. I would love a Tesla, maybe a Model S um, and if I could, maybe a Rosa 2. But I would also want... Um, th- th- I'd be happy with like a Model 3 as my, uh, a Model three or a Model S, sorry, is my kind of like my daily car. But I would also want a like a weekend car as well or a project car that I was building, you know, and working on. So, I yeah, I that's where I kind of where I sit with that. Yeah, I get that. I get that. I think you, Jordan, you... Like, you're not really that first about like the specifics of having electric versus, um, you know, petrol or anything or diesel. It's more kind of, uh, right now, I think more it's like you would want something that's practical, which is why you have yeah. a, you know, an estate diesel engine which does 70 to the gallon because you need that. So if you can get something yeah. similar from the same technology, then that would be amazing for you. I'm interested in battery technology, right? In a completely different way. I'm interested in the conservation of of this energy, how can we, rather than it coming off the grid and it charging 15p to charge a car to go 300 miles, which I think is great, how, like, how can I stick solar panels on my roof and have my whole car eventually just charge really, really quickly uh, through batteries that have stored, like, energy in my garage through solar panels, and then I'm literally paying nothing, Right? That's that's where I'm like interested in the whole electric car versus like diesel, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I get that. And so, and I like battery technology in the sense that what I find amazing is how quickly you can charge like a Tesla mm-hmm. from like naught to fifty percent or naught to eight percent on one of those superchargers in like an hour. Yeah. 
I think it's less. I think it's half an hour. I'm not sure. Yeah. Those are the things that like really interest me. But that's as far as it goes right now because it's just not practical for me personally to have one of these cars. And also, like, where would I put it? Like, in terms of garage, I would yeah. need it. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you would need one of these garages with a supercharger because apparently, if you plug it into the normal 13 amp socket, it'll take about a week to charge. Yeah. So, a supercharger does 170 miles range in 30 minutes for a Model S. Yeah. They're also very expensive. Like, yep. they're very expensive cars, right? How do you, like, how does the battery technology fit in with buying a second-hand Tesla? You know how buying a second-hand phone with a battery is, I know this is kind of, it's completely different, but it's kind of similar. Um, when you buy, like, a second-hand device, you know, there's, like, back battery issues that could occur because it's an older device. So they come with 10 years warranty. Those batteries yeah. come yeah. with 10 years warranty. And if you sold it, you that warranty's transferred, kind of like an Apple, like, MacBook, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that, that that relationship that you have with Tesla continues for quite a while, doesn't it? Like they yeah. like they're yeah. involved, and the telemetry and stuff that comes off the vehicle goes to Tesla. Yeah, exactly. And the batteries are—I don't know if you've seen, but people have built like their own, like in the garage, they built their own like walls of Tesla batteries to power their mm-hmm. homes. So like like old Tesla batteries they found like in a skip or something. Yeah, yeah. So obviously, those batteries. They've got a lot of different uses and they last a long time. I think the key thing is that it is very expensive to replace these batteries. So if you need to look at like the long term, if you're getting one of these cars and it's like $100,000 for a Model S, then it's $13,000 to have your, you know, upgraded supercharger in your garage. Mm-hmm. And then after 10 years, it's, I mean, 10 years is a long time for a car to last, isn't it? I mean, you know, most people change their cars every three to four years anyway. So... You know, it's a what is it? Something like fifteen thousand dollars for a replacement battery? I'm not sure. It wouldn't surprise me. You know, amortize that over ten years, plus all the electricity, and if you average, you know, what ten thousand miles a year? I don't know what the maths is on that. I'm too ill today to to work it out. But I'm just saying, like, I'm not really sure if the economics work right now, especially from from like a short term point of view. I remember there was the Musk project that he wanted to be able you, uh, Tesla drivers to be able to drive up to an area and have their batteries replaced from underneath them and then drive off, which is quite interesting because then it would be an instant charge time. But that's just I think that got scrapped anyway. Uh, Jules, you didn't I don't think you stated your relationship with electric cars versus uh, typical petrol or diesel engines. Yeah, I would I would rather have an electric car. Um, it just makes more sense. I mean, you very rarely drive. Like far distances, don't you? Um, sometimes, yeah, sometimes I do, like but really not far. Yeah, not not super often. Um, I mean, my my thoughts really on this would be that uh, when we get to a point where we have autonomous vehicles that are probably, you know, battery powered, um, would I sign up to have some kind of deal with? Um, you know, someone like Ford or whoever, because you know I've got a Ford now, and just say, okay, uh, when I click this button in my app, I want a vehicle to appear outside my house, and then I will get in it, and then it will take me to where I need to be, and then I will get out of it, and it can go wherever. And the reason I say directly to the manufacturer because there's no point in go in using someone like Uber. Well, there's no point in the manufacturers yeah. using someone like Uber when they can just do it themselves. 
um, I would be okay with this, right? And this comes kind of, kind of back to the thing that you were saying about having like a like a project car or something mm-hmm. like that. Maybe in the future, people will tend to own their own cars because they are more interested in having their own vehicle and the ability to get that transport across the the you know the country or the world would be easier through other means whereby we don't have to own our own vehicles now i you know i know for for you know my village for example parking is a problem here because it mm-hmm. wasn't designed for that and you see similar things in you know other countries too other places where we have a lot of these vehicles just sat around because the person who owns it isn't using it right now and i think generally for humanity we would be better off having these autonomous electric vehicles that would come and get us when we need them but at the same time um you know being realistic the chances are the next vehicle that i get will probably be based on a combustion engine as well because that's just where we are right now um but that doesn't mean that that's my preference. It means I need to get places and, you know, I, it, that's, that's the way that we do it. That's the way that we do it today. So that's, that's kind of my thoughts. I don't know if that <laughs> sort of kind of answers the question, but you know, I, my eyes are on that kind of future. And right now, as you know, Jordan's mentioned the the Tesla is expensive yeah. and not realistic um, for, you know, my circumstances, because again, no garage, nowhere to put it. Um, but you know, I think that's, I think that is where things are going. I think that's, that's, that's the future. And I, I would be okay to have a relationship directly with a car, uh, manufacturer in order or, or, or a third party, whatever, in order to have access to a, a vehicle that would do something like take me to work, take me to the, to an office or take me to an appointment that I need to be at where I can just sit in the back and chill. Hmm. I would be okay with that. I don't mind. And yes, I do actually enjoy driving my car. That is something yeah. that I do enjoy. Um, but at the same time, maybe like you say, for the people who enjoy that thing, that would be more like a, a weekend pursuit or something rather mm-hmm. than the, the, the normal kind of commute. Yeah. I mean, I prefer, I prefer driving, for example, in like Wales on a weekend or maybe during the week when it's, it's really nice and the, the weather's nice, not in the middle of Leeds or a city yeah, which that, is a completely different type yeah, of driving driving in the countryside is, is is great fun driving in the city in leeds and uh rush hour is not <laughs> it's not the best thing in the world no so i am i got a new bit of kit a little while back um and uh i'm i'm finally happy to talk about it now because i was actually waiting for the the cover to come mm-hmm but um but i've got myself a uh new kindle oasis the 2017 version of the kindle oasis and um you know i'm i'm really pleased with it i really like it so i saw this and it is so small yeah you thought it was you thought it was larger because i mean you you've got a really huge ipad <laughs> yeah right? and, and compared to that it's really small i just it? so i yeah. saw it uh, next to your uh, Hobonichi, which is an A5 book, and I was like, A6. Oh crap! Sorry, A6. Yeah, I was like, crap. It's it's pretty small. It's pretty damn small. <laughs> but yeah. then, but so, but it's it's got a larger screen than previously. Yes, yeah, so it is. It is a larger screen than previous ones. Yet it is a smaller device. Yeah, generally it is. It is thinner, um, smaller, lighter. So it's a this this one is the first. So they've had larger. They've had like A4 size ones in the past. 
I've never owned one, but they did make these larger ones. And I think the idea was that they would be used by academics and things like that. Right. They, so they have had quite large Kindles. They've, they've played around a bit, but generally they're like six and a bit inches. And this is like a seven inch one, which is just slightly larger than the, uh, the kind of the normal size, the previous generation of, of Kindles. Um, now my, the one that I'm replacing, uh, was the 2012, uh, Paperwhite, the first version of the Paperwhite, which was actually my second Kindle. And, you know, that one, that one I did, um, I did like, I have used a lot, but I would say that more recently my usage of it has, has declined. And I think, I think part of it is, and this is, this sounds bad because it's the whole consumerism of technology and everything else. But I think part of it was that I knew that there were better ones out there. It kind of, it kind of made me feel like, (laughs) ah, because you know, the, the light, the light on it is a little bit uneven and it always was, it always was, it hasn't really changed, but like you see where the LEDs are at the bottom and you get a little bit of an uneven, um, brightness on the screen. And, (laughs) I found more recently that it was quite distracting. Like I, I noticed it more, but right. you know, it's, it's, it's just one of those things. Um, I thought, I thought about getting the, the 2016, uh, Kindle Oasis. Um, but I think we, we talked about it on, on the show previously and with a name like Oasis, it sounds like it should be the waterproof one, but it wasn't. Right. Yeah. So this is the only problem I've actually heard of them. I, I don't really pay attention to Kindles. Like I've never had one. I've never had an interest in buying one. The only thing I know about them is that they've got the, the e, is it e-paper screens. Uh, they they call, they call it? it e-paper or they call it e-ink. Yes. E-ink, basically sorry, there are, yeah. there are small particles uh, of ink essentially uh, in the screen. And then it puts a current through the screen to basically give it a movement like a static kind of movement and actually moves those particles physically up towards the top end Mm -hmm. of the screen so by default they're under the screen and then they move up to the top of the screen and the older kindles tended to have like a gray tint to the screen in general including by paper white really because this one actually does look whiter but the paper white was the first one to actually to, to kind of clear that up. And the reason that you get this is because there is, there is actual particles underneath the screen, which kind of dims the look of it. Right. So even no matter how white you try and make it, there's, mm-hmm. there's, there's still stuff there. And this also stops you from being able to do a backlight because there's stuff behind it. Right. Um, so that's why you have to do a, a, like a forward light onto the screen and it's a, having the forward light onto the screen is a better thing anyway for reading it. So it makes for a better kind of reading experience anyway. Um, but yeah, this, so this is actually a 300 PPI one as well. So it's, so there's more tiny particles <laughs> inside it than there were in the previous ones. Now you, Andrew, are you, you're not too keen on this technology, are you? you uh, don't I mean, really... I don't. I guess if I was, if I'm not a, a book reader. Like if I'm going to read a book, it'll probably be an audio book on Audible. Um, yes, and I do, I do, I do that as well. I do that a lot. So the the idea of it being a book, I guess, makes sense to me. Like, because it looks more like a book than a screen probably would. Like a you know a, a normal screen. Um, yeah, I mean, the only thing that annoys, the thing that annoys me the most about them is when they they try and put these UIs on them that are made of lines and horrible sticks and stuff. The re- I mean, the book part is fine, I guess. The technology in general, um, 
it makes sense, but it's still it's still not something I personally would would want. But yeah, the UI, you mean like um, the the menus? And yeah, things like that, and the fact that you've got a web browser in them that just annoys me. <laughs> that annoys you. Uh, so the web browser is a special one because it's even now today they still call it the experimental browser and they have done since the very, very first Kindle came out. They've, they've always referred to their browser as the experimental browser. And previously you had to enable it in a menu, I think. Right. Um, it didn't ship in the very, very first generation. I think it came later. Uh, and it, and it does work and it is just, you know, as a text-based thing, it, but it, what it enables is a way of getting access to information like, pocket or something like that Mm. so you can actually read content that way but it isn't designed to surf the web it's designed to read content Mm -hmm. that is available in html form and that you can just you know pull down by http so that's that's kind of what it's there for and it does have javascript and things like that (laughs) which is why they call it this experimental browser but it it's definitely not what i use it for i use it for reading so you mentioned this replaces your uh, paperwhite from 2012, which is five yes. years ago. So I guess it's a well-deserved upgrade. Yeah, like I say, you know, I was just looking at it and I was thinking this, I, I would like a new version of this now. And the, the 2016 Kindle Oasis didn't do it for me. Mm-hmm. But the 2017 one fixed a lot of the issues I had with the 2016 one. So it is now waterproof, even though I, you know, I, that's not something that wasn't my main target. Right. It just seems like it should be waterproof because I, ha- I, I use my paper white in the bath. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was going to so, say pool, but uh, yeah, I guess. That I, I mean, I, I have. Do you I actually have, have I, baths? Do you, do you, I, I, do I used you? to bathe. I used to have more baths in the past. These oh, really? days I tend to have showers, but yeah, I, I certainly used to. I think, so I've, I've had my house for like three or four years now and I've only used the bath like twice. I've got to say there was there was something about being able to get in a because the bath was different, right? I would I would get in it and I would stay in it for a while, and I would read, right? And that it was a way of just completely getting away from all the other stuff going on. So is that why and you just, need physical buttons so that when your your fingers all crinkle up, you can still turn the page? <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess so. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, so it does actually have, that's another thing. This does have physical buttons. My paperwhite did not. Right. And what that meant was I had to tap the side of the screen to turn pages or or swipe across. And I would often tap, but it's nice to have those buttons back. It's nice to have those physical mm-hmm. buttons back. Um, now, one of the things that's a bit different about this one is the way that the cover works. So the, the one that I had before, you would clip it into a cover. This uses like magnets to hold the cover in place. And the reason why, I mean, I had this, I got the device before I got the cover for it and the cover just seems to be like, uh, unavailable from Amazon. And they say they don't know when they're getting it back in stock. So it makes me wonder if they're redesigning something about it, but I ended up getting one of these Amazon warehouse deals whereby the price was like half price Mm -hmm. because it had previously been opened and it didn't come in the original packaging. Um, it was obviously one that someone had returned. Right. And the, the biggest complaints I saw was that it scratches easily and it's like a suede type material and it does scratch easily, but also if you rub it, the scratch goes away. Um, mm-hmm. so I'm, that doesn't bother me in the slightest. Um, and the other one was that people say it falls off and I, um, it doesn't tend to fall off for me in my normal operation, but I do know that um, different people use it differently. And I'll link to a tweet where I had a conversation with someone on Twitter mm-hmm. um, where 
he was saying, you know, the way he holds it is a bit peculiar. Um, but people do things different ways, you know, fair enough. But the way he was holding, he holds it. I tried to hold it in that way. Right. And um, yeah, it just falls off. Like, cause he's like putting his fingers between the cover and the device, which oh, is right, yeah. the, the leverage that's necessary for you to pull the cover off. So I, I can see why some people just like, don't like it. But for me, that is like a, it's like a non-issue. And I got the, I think it's a, like a maroon color cover. I really like it. I think it, it feels really nice in the hand. So is he essentially trying to use it like a book as in, if you put your phone between the two, you know, on the spine between the two pages? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I I mean if it's supposed to be trying to be like more like a book then surely that should work. I mean it, that's the thing. So this guy had the same paperwhite that I had, the 2012 paperwhite and it worked then that worked, but the, right. the change in the design whereby what they've done is they've made the overall size significantly thinner by making it so that the battery is all on one side and the cover kind of goes next to that hump as it were hmm. um by changing that design what they've done is they have basically made it so that if you apply pressure where the where the cover isn't it will pull the cover off i mean that's just that's just the way it's been designed uh i presumably it was the same on the 2016 one because the 2016 one has basically the same cover design right so i'm not really sure yeah you you know try and emulate a book as much as possible but the reality is it it isn't a book right it's yes, sure. it's similar to a, a book size, but it, but it isn't a book because you don't read on the left hand side of the page and then on the right hand side of the page and then turn the page. Mm-hmm. You have one page that you then flip between, so it's not like you're folding back a page that you're that you would have been reading. Yeah. You're folding back a cover, and the cover is more kind of tablet like in that instance. So I, I don't know. I, I I think clearly based on the bad re- the negative reviews that I've seen on Amazon. Um, other people don't like this, this style, but for me, I actually, I really like it. Um, and I would say there was one other thing that, that I kind of promised myself when I got this is that, um, I noticed that my usage of the 2012 one had, had dwindled. Mm-hmm. Um, and that wasn't because I didn't have things to read. Um, it was just because I, you know, whenever I got it out, I, I was like, oh, I know that there are thinner ones. I know that there are better ones now. Like you get kind of spoiled by that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. um, and so I thought, right, if I am going to get this, I'm going to go back and I'm going to use it more. I'm going to get this and I'm going to use it more. And I'm going to go back and reread some of the kind of the core books that, um, have influenced me over time and read some of the books I've been trying, well, you know, planning on reading for a while. And I must say that has, that has worked, right. Um, by yeah, having good. a new, ha- by having a new bit of kit, it is that kind of like, uh, that carrot to trick your mind into doing the things that you know you want to do. So, um, I'm quite pleased with that because I've gone back and I've, I've, I've already read through a couple of the books that I wanted to read mm-hmm. and, um, I'm reading some other books as well. So yeah, I'm I'm really pleased with it. I'm really pleased. Yeah, I mean, I, I it's like when you you if you're not already an iPad user and you need to you, you know you want an iPad and you get one, you kind of have to make sure you're going to use it. So you kind of try and set up some kind of workflows, and I don't mean workflows like the app, but you know some things that you can do on it so that you you actually get your use out of it. Yeah, so I, I definitely see that. 
yeah i i mean i don't have anything personally to say on this as i say i'm not i'm not a kindle user and i don't think i ever would be unless some kind of future me starts reading physical books reading well i I will say this about one thing that you do is you listen to a lot of audible more i do i do too but yeah that's right. Yeah, written, that's but. that's true. So you listen to a lot of spoken audio, and yes. most of that for you is is podcasts. But you have also listened to a lot of Audible. Mm-hmm. I listen to more Audible than podcasts. Yeah, uh, but spoken audio is incredibly uh, useful to me because it's a great way of getting that information in times that I cannot read. This this Kindle does do Audible, um, which is which is the previous ones didn't do, but right. it does it in a really weird way. You need to have Bluetooth headset in it uh, connected to it. And then it doesn't like show the book at the same time. It just seems like they're missing a trick. I don't really get yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, so one of the things I hear quite often from Audible ads is that, oh, if you get the audio, but you can um, read the book at the same time. Along yeah, with it. and they do, they do a lot of deals. So what happens is like a, a, an, audio, an audible book may be, I don't know, 20 quid or something. Mm-hmm. And the and if you've already got the Kindle version, they'll give you the audiobook for a couple of quid. Right. And um that's like a good way of like selling those because it's under the price for a credit. Yeah. Which yeah, yeah. which you get as part of the subscription. So it's not worth spending a credit on. So people then say, oh, well, actually I'll just I'll just buy this one. Um and I've done this with quite a few books. Some of those core books that I um tend to reread. Um mm-hmm. They're usually kind of productivity books and things like that. But those core books I have in both audiobook and um just as the Kindle book. Uh but if it doesn't if it doesn't show the book at the same time, it kind of misses the point for me. And I know that the iPad version of the Kindle app does it. And I feel like they miss something there. But it so it's not something I've used. Is it a technical is limitation? Be- is there is there some kind of limitation there on the hardware? I mean, I, I guess as far as the software is concerned, this is the first generation of Audible being integrated into the Kindle firmware. Right, I see. And I don't know that I don't know what's involved in the, in writing the software for the Kindle, but that operating system is certainly different to the the operating system that, that mm-hmm. Amazon use on their tablets, like the Fire OS, and it is different to Android and it is different to iOS. So it's it's got its own custom app in there yeah and this is essentially v1 of audible and it could be that they just couldn't ship that feature in time i'm not sure don't know but okay. um it, it might be something that they fix over software and then maybe i'll look at it again but until then i don't i'm not looking at using audible for this i'm just going to continue to use my my phone for audible hello listener i hope you're enjoying episode 13 of the Mavis podcast if you'd like to find the show notes for today's episode you can go to mavispodcast.com slash 13 and you can go and uh, tweet us some questions while on some of the show at Mavis Podcast. Uh, if you have been on the internet recently, you'll have seen that Apple uh, had quite a few vulnerabilities and uh, kind of issues in the, the software recently. Luckily, not in the hardware. Um, the hardware is still pretty awesome. Um, but there's been quite a few vulnerabilities that have been very public on Twitter, if you're in, including uh, the general news, I guess, if you were in those kind of spheres specifically one of the the, the main one was the the root uh, vulnerability in which yeah. users could set a password a root password with no no no, no. <laughs> when you log into the machine or try and access the settings put root as your username 
and press enter. Ah, uh, right. Yeah, that was it. Sorry. Yeah, and I did. You see may that. need. You may need to press enter more than once. So it was that um, in in system preferences, you can unlock them and enter an account password to unlock them that has the privilege to, in which correct you would enter root and uh, click, uh, you know, whatever the button is to go forward. Yes. Um, free, I think and that's just to get times. into system preferences, but you can actually do this to actually log in interactively to the machine as well. Right. Uh, even remotely over VNC or Apple remote desktop, which mm-hmm. uses VNC under the covers. So any of those remote Macs out there that, that you know, people sell, and I know you had one in the past, all of the, those remote Macs, you could just log in as root. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. It is absolutely crazy. The solution was to actually uh, set a different password on root, not disable it, because it actually enabled the root account. By default, they were shipping what is essentially um, a root account without a password, but the the account was disabled. Mm -hmm. But due to some up some the defect itself, it would re-enable that account and then authenticate. Yeah, so this is obviously a a huge kind of flaw in 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 high sierra luckily i didn't upgrade either of my computers to uh high sierra yet i'm still running sierra on my mac and my macbook so as a, as a quick aside why um is this the same reason that jordan didn't upgrade his ipad to ios 11 for ages no oh, so sorry, his phone. i wasn't actually fussed about any of the the existing bugs that were around at the time i mean uh it's high I sierra is it out is it hit yeah, the gm yeah, right? it, yeah it hit the gm which is i think is the main problem here right um i didn't upgrade i guess uh, i've been really busy i haven't literally i literally have not had time to even sit down and, and think about this um so i've been avoid like just not doing it because i've got too much stuff to do but it is something that for example at christmas i was like okay i'll have some time at christmas potentially um let me look at upgrading then and then this happened and now i'm like uh i guess i guess i'll I'll see what it's like around christmas time but i'm glad i haven't done it yet and the worst thing was i was on i was on business actually when this happened uh down south and i was sat around the table with a bunch of uh windows (laughs) microsoft users and i was the only mac user there and i was like oh god here we go (laughs) they, (laughs) they saw the vulnerability and i was like don't worry guys and don't try and hack into my machine because i am on sierra yeah this is a this is i think part of the fact that um that uh apple are seen as being more secure is you know part of the reason why i think people would take the opportunity to Mm -hmm. um take the mickey or whatever you know um it from from a you know nerd software nerds mm-hmm. technology nerd point of view because they're seen as the, oh yeah they always work or oh yeah they're more secure um but the reality is of course all software has vulnerabilities it's just yeah this this one is it, it seems crazy that a company like with as much money as apple um can ship something like this and not notice but also the part of the part of the 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 reason that this one was so crazy is the fact that it was really publicly announced on Twitter. And uh, not it was originally. Later, not originally. No, it was it was later found that Apple had been told this. Yes. Um, in their support forums by uh, multiple different people mm-hmm. uh, for for a while, 
And it was until someone tweeted, hey, by the way, this is this is uh, a massive security flaw. Are you aware? Yeah. And it got retweeted by everyone. Yeah. Uh, even got retweeted by people saying this is this is not how to expose a security flaw. It's like, yeah, you're you're joining in now, right? Right. Yeah. Um, once it's out there, it's out there. Well, I mean, but, so that that was one of the biggest things about this is that um, everyone was like, oh, this is not how to expose a security flaw. However, he did post it to a support forum and contact the relevant people, and, they and other people listen, had so. too. Exactly. They didn't listen and they hadn't fixed it. Um, and it was uh, it was quite a while, wasn't it? Um, we'll we will link to this guy's um, tweet, uh, yeah, and how how what he, the story is from his point of view, yeah. Because I think he has been unfairly portrayed by people as saying um, as being uh, you know doing this move by just saying oh this is a massive security flaw. He it's not like he found it for the first time. Other people had independently found it, and he had tried to contact. Um, he had tried to contact them. However, however, um, I do think no matter what he says, like just publicly saying it like that when it wasn't on the, it, it wasn't on the public radar then. Yeah. Right. Yes. The, the bad guys may have known about it, but it wasn't, it wasn't the, (laughs) it wasn't really something that people could use as a prank or just anyone could try mm-hmm. until he put this tweet out there and it got retweeted by everyone else. Yeah. So, um, you know, at the, at the same time, it, that, that kind of wasn't cool. No, I guess not. Uh, then Apple rushed a fix, uh, and got that out in which that broke, uh, file sharing, network file yeah. sharing. Um, so they then released another update after that to fix that. And I guess this Didn't is- that update, didn't that fix roll back some other fix as well, didn't it? Uh, I don't. I, I can't remember because it's it's hard to keep track of all these. Yeah, but I believe it's that been that a bit also... of a blur really of the past couple of days with this stuff. I'm not entirely yeah. sure. Um, but it, I think the worst thing about this is that they they knew and they didn't fix it yet because they they have. I'm pretty sure they've shipped um, ten thirteen uh, fixes. If not, they had time to ship a 1013 fix or you know some kind of update and they haven't and then suddenly it gets exposed and then they they rush one out which breaks another thing which isn't isn't exactly ideal is it no and it's, no, it's, it's actually happened with uh, iOS as well in which they so there was a a bug that was repaired um that was reported and they had to rush out a fix and it was actually uh 11.2 I think it was um that was actually that was a beta release, and it was supposed to go out on the Monday. It ended up being a Friday, and they shipped that on a Friday, which then exposed the fact that they were releasing Apple Cash, which wasn't uh, released yet. So that they also they pushed that beta really early as well. Mm. So it's a bit a bit hectic inside of Apple, I imagine right now. Yes, yeah, it sounds like it, doesn't it? It doesn't sound like they are coherent. They're enough. being they're being more reactive than they are being, you know, kind of. I guess the way a development team should be run, which isn't isn't ideal at all. No, and it, it it makes me wonder about how they're structured. Which I know in the past they were they didn't really have separate um, areas of the business for the different operating systems. They basically had a ton of developers, and they would get moved between stuff. So Mac is now the focus, and then iOS is now the focus. Yeah, and then, you know, swapping between 
what the focus is, which doesn't seem like a good uh, strategy when you've got so many, so many different operating mm. systems. And they have a lot of operating systems. And it's like High Sierra was supposed to be, you know, the the OS release that is to fix all these bugs and to make it faster and to make it much better. And they did make it faster, and things did get better. However, it's not more secure, and it's definitely more. Uh, it's definitely less reliable now, I guess. And it's it's not exactly. It's not the best PR for your, you know, security slash upgrading the previous OS kind of release, is it? So, so you are not running High Sierra now, no. But you are running iOS eleven on all of your iOS devices, correct? Jordan, are you also running iOS 11 on all of your iOS devices? Uh, yeah. And you you don't have a Mac now, do you? Uh, no. I so you you actually, you didn't upgrade to iOS 11 for quite a while, and that's primarily because I told you not to, because uh, you use your phone for methods of communication more than I tend to, and you need them more than I do in terms of uh, I can do things on my on my computer that I prefer doing that so you seem to use your phone a lot more for some more important things so I told you to hold off basically because it would it would cause a lot of stress and not be efficient um when you did upgrade I think it it was it was a better time to like it was by then it was pretty much resolved uh, and just on that in fact my iPhone 7 plus which I've now got rid of um that had a lot of problems with iOS 11, uh, specifically with with a couple of applications. Uh, a certain mm-hmm. application would kind of cause my phone to completely crash all the time. Uh, I have that application on my iPhone 10 now, and I haven't had a single problem with it, which is really great. So that kind of resolved that for me. So the, the moral of the story is just buy a new phone, and when a new OS comes out. <laughs> well, okay. So this this. One of the so I think we obviously we got the root the known as yeah. I am root bug, but there one of the other ones that happened this month December was um, the uh, date issue on the yeah. iPhone, and when it hit December second, was it? It just yes, fell. What, what happened? It just so crashed. Basically, local notifications apps that do lo- local notifications from non-networked things, so not things like social networks, things like say you've got a, an app that does a reminder, like uh, Geo, I think does. It has local notifications to say this task um, needs to be done here, and if you don't do it, then it'll keep reminding you. That's a local notification. Apps running local notifications would basically. Uh, every two or uh, three minutes would essentially keep telling you. And then there was wow. a, uh, a respring, which is basically springboard crashing and restarting, um, which is just a loop and it loops and it loops. And people lost their heads because they saw this coming from people in the future, time-wise. Um, and they were like, Set your clocks back, which is a bad thing to do. Oh no! And then yeah, because like, like tons of things don't work. Authentication, and all sorts right. of stuff. And something that ATP actually discussed recently was, um, you know, things a lot of like syncing things rely on time. So yeah. if you set your clock back, and then you've actually got something that's newer in the server, but your computer, sorry, your yeah. device actually has something newer on it, but it's in a previous time because you put your time back, it will then overwrite it with, and you'll you'll have potential data loss. Um, so that's not ideal. Did either of you two get this then? I've not had it. I did not. I had actually no idea 
and this was going on until it was resolved. How strange. How I also strange. don't think I, I have, I have seen other... with local notifications. Right. I mean, I did see other people say on Twitter that they were having issues with this. So it's, it, it obviously is a real thing, but I, it's, it's obviously to do with the, the kinds of apps and things. Now, I don't know if you've seen this one either, but uh, is this related to the month 13 is out of bounds bug? I have no idea what is causing the month 13 uh, is out of bounds bug. So this is, this is again, December 2017. Um, tons of applications are just uh, are saying that month 13 is out <laughs> yeah. of bounds. Yeah. And so what's, what's I, that all about? I have no idea. I assume there's some weird math going on and then it's just consistently. But the idea is that for between like two and 20 times uh, every minute, this will be, or is it every second? Yeah. Every, every second, second, it will be uh, sent to your console. <laughs> that can't be good for like the battery. Yeah. I that's, mean, that's, I have no idea. It's constantly something's, something's, something's not good there. So is that High Sierra? Or is that just Sierra? Then? Yeah, it's High Sierra, I think. Let me check my console. Um, the, the latest <laughs> bug, uh, bug? Yeah, I'm fine. The latest um, logging, I think the Apple released something like a logging framework uh, last year at WWDC where if essentially it doesn't actually do anything unless you're actually looking at it. So I think if you're not running the the console, then I think it's okay. But don't quote me right. on that. Oh, okay. Because I, I did see people saying that their battery life was worse in this, in this month than it had been previously. Oh, and... I mean, come on, people. <laughs> we don't know for sure, though, because people are like, if if they have this idea in their mind that their battery's running worse, they'll just be like, "Oh, yeah, it's definitely running worse." And yeah, they'll that's, suddenly, this is this is this is true. Suddenly, it's and, running worse. And it's important to note that, from my point of view, as I do not have any of these devices, I am just seeing this stuff. I'm just seeing. I follow a lot of people who use Macs on Twitter, which is kind of strange. Um, but I see this stuff. I see people complaining about it. I have not directly experienced any of this. Um, one, one other one that I saw a lot of uh, was the autocorrect. Now, yep. <laughs> the autocorrect's never been good on mm. on iOS, right? It's got, because it my, seems to have gotten worse lately. Uh, yeah, so I mean, my wife uses a an iOS device, yeah, and uh, I often see it. It has made corrections that are. That, that just seem stupid and it's it, it makes it all the way through to the email or whatever yeah um but they had this uh was it was it if you if you did a capital i it would turn into an a and a question mark and it would also always change to i so the the it one was a um a later one as far as i'm aware or it was in there and not as many people were affected by it because what would happen is that if someone sent you this because they were affected, you were then affected. You were then affected. Oh, so what's Which going on there? Mad. How is that? So um, is it just, is it see, is it reading through the contents of your messages to try and work out what you may do autocorrect? I assume so. He's trying, probably, trying to, probably trying to get as much data as, he, as it can, because the worst thing about this to me was that to fix this bug, they had to ship a software update uh, because this stuff all lives locally on the device and is not synced and is not in the cloud, so they can't just change something on, in in their ah. systems and oh yeah, sure. Change. So they I have get, to release I get that, a yeah. software update, which then it fixes it. But these things like text input is so fundamental to these devices, especially yeah. on these iOS devices. Think how many people are typing on this now. I know Jordan had some issues with the keyboard in the past. 
you tried out a different keyboard, didn't you, at one point? Yeah, SwiftKey. Any, are you still using that one or are you back to the Apple? No, I, I used it for about a year. And yeah, I... Let's just say it told me it was making my typing better, but it wasn't. Right. And I realized that when I got my iPad Pro, the differences in the keyboard were quite obvious because obviously even though it's not an iPhone, the iPad isn't an iPhone. It mm-hmm. was an Apple keyboard. And I was just a bit like... Right, I'm going to switch back to the Apple keyboard on my iPhone. And oh my God, I make way less typos. Really? Because you, you did, you make a lot, you made a lot of typos at the time though. <laughs> like we, you would, you would well, regularly send us messages and they were, they were full of typos. Andrew, that, you do it as well. Like, okay. So Jordan, Jordan's typo amount has definitely reduced by, by masses. Yeah. Thank, thanks, Andrew. <laughs> no worries. It's true. It's. It's true. It's because, right, what SwiftKey does is it, it alters where the keys are underneath the hood based on how many typos you make. And actually, I thought, yeah, that's such a good idea because when I hit G, I actually mean H or something. But actually, it's so bad. It really doesn't work. That doesn't sound like a good idea to me. No, I, I've never yeah. used SwiftKey, by the way, so I'm not sure. I know that I know that they've got some good technology behind it, you know, some some clever machine learning based on how people use it. But I've never used it. I've I know what it is in that- theory. The Gboard, the Google keyboard, is actually really, really good to use, and they've actually changed well, it now so that it looks more spying, like spying, um, spying. Yeah, you for sure. But, paying attention to, to everything. But it actually you do with it looks hands. more like iOS now, which is a good thing to me. But uh, right, apparently that is better. However, I don't know in the ins and outs of it, but um, custom keyboards and iOS do have quite a lot of issues in general because of the way that Apple have integrated them. I guess so. They're not right. ideal because you can't you can't use them in all places. Which is anyway, why, like, I, 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 just, I don't really. You're not, you're not I, interested in trying that. Are you? No, you just, no. You just, you just want to use the built-in one. And I, most would of the, the interactions way. I do on my phone, I try not to type. I try just to swipe around. And if you know, mostly when I'm typing, it's it's messaging, or which is you know very very important and large portion. But it's just mostly logging into things that, that I do on initial setup. Hopefully, yeah. all of the actions I can do after that, apart from typing and in terms of messaging yeah, text entry yeah i can do just by swiping things so i don't have to do anything like that yeah. so i and and like you guys know i i don't try and i don't like typing on my phone as much as possible so is the is the feeling that this is one of the so i mean obviously with those those two high profile ones with the it and the i to question mark thing yeah i mean that was relatively huge. high profile but is is generally just the autocorrect it's just it's just not that good in general or uh i Mm. It used to be way better. It's definitely gotten gotten worse lately. Uh, I guess because they've switched some of the technology potentially that they've u- that they're using. Um, I don't know if they were using Coromel in the past, but they are now. I think it can get better. I'm hoping it will get better. So, okay, but this, so- this 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 whole um, software update to fix thing upsets me. That does upset me because now, like, it's not easy. It's not something Apple can just quickly do, and then no one ever sees it again. Yeah, there's some substantial stuff going on. Hmm. And and like like me, I don't upgrade my phone. Like, if an iOS update comes out, I'll probably wait a couple of days or a week until I update, unless it's something like this to make sure yeah. you know. And like, so, but you've got a load of people like that that you know don't update until they they have to until they get sick of it asking them to for example so that means those people are going to be affected with it and passing it on more than normal which means it has a wider range of uh, spread i guess this kind of moves on to the the 
so vulnerabilities and issues aside, the specific vulnerabilities and issues aside, a kind of, and this is a bit more woolly, is the general feeling now that something is up with Apple? I mean, yes. generally people say that the latest MacBooks aren't as nice and iOS has got more issues and the software has got more issues and the design's less consistent. Yeah, I mean, we haven't mentioned uh, the uh, the fact that the new MacBook keyboards are ridiculously prone to breaking and issues with those. Uh, ah, yes. So I'm, I'm, so I don't really one. know much about this, but um, I had heard that keys would basically stop fall working. off. Yeah. Now, was- um, I saw. I think it was Stephen Hackett's. Um, Mac, he because he got one with the, I think he got mm-hmm. one with the touch bar at first, didn't he? And um, which is an expensive machine. Yep. And uh, one of the keys fell off, and it was an expensive thing to sort that out. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. And um, if he didn't have Apple Care, then it would be you know four or five hundred dollars for a key because they have to actually replace the entire unibody. And I suppose it's it's people like him who are these kind of like Apple, I, I, I am not going to use the word fanboy, Apple, um, the, in the Apple ecosystem in, in a substantial way and kind of care about the company, right? Mm. Um, it's it's The surprising thing is I follow quite a few of those people because I'm interested in other things that they do. I'm interested yep. in stuff that's going on. And the strange thing for me is it's those kinds of folk who are saying specifically on the Mac, they're saying, Hey, I'm going back to my previous Mac. I'm I'm yeah. gonna use my old one with my trusty MagSafe and um my good keyboard and mm-hmm. Marco Armen uh wrote a blog post on November the fourteenth called The Best Laptop Ever Made, in which he explained why he was going back to a fifteen inch Retina MacBook Pro of twenty fifteen. Um and that went pretty pretty viral, I guess, in terms of the the Apple tech space. Um, because a lot of people had either agree, like they were agreeing or they were like, yeah, I agree, but you know, you've got to move forward and all this kind of stuff. So, and then I think Stephen Hackett has also done something similar where he's gone back to a 15 inch, um, or well, at least a previous, uh, model MacBook Pro. And uh, I mean, it's, you know, it's pretty bad when, Apple have to release a document on their website which says, and their support forums, which says how to clean the keyboard of your MacBook or MacBook Pro. What, what they, do you mean? So, have you have you guys not seen this document? What? No. Uh, I will send you right now. Oh. But essentially, it tells you to hold up your Mac at a 75 degree angle, use some compressed air, and clean out the the keys from underneath using a zigzag motion, basically across the keys because some of the because problems... if you wipe it with a cloth the keys fall off <laughs> well i guess that's that's the only thing i can imagine here because i i wipe, I wipe my keyboard with a cloth i just go <laughs> all over the keys that's just the, how i do it right the distance between uh the the bottom of the key underneath the key and the base is so small that Tiny, little bits yeah. of dust for example can cause the key to stop working then you start picking at it and trying to fix it, and then it falls off. Oh god! And oh, then god. you but, have to get, depending on how it breaks, you have to get an entire new uni body, which can cost you know human, upwards of Human $500. beings are these um, horrible, messy bags of water with skin around them, with flakes and stuff that falls off all over the place. Yep. 
and we use keyboards. I mean, this is, this is. And our hands is... are one of the primary, like, you know, ways to interact with things, right? Yeah. <laughs> Especially yeah. a keyboard. Wow. And it is, it is ridiculous when you, when they have to release this document like this. I mean, it's pretty, pretty oh, bad. And so this is, this has been a problem for quite a while. And I, and this I is the new design. That... This is the new design, isn't it? This is the, this it is, is the yeah. new design MacBooks. It's part, that's part of the, part of the this issue. This is a running theme though. Apple just, this whole think different thing is ridiculously Do they really stupid push now. Think different anymore, though. Well, yeah, it's like their mantra, isn't it? It doesn't really matter. It was like the, when when the designers are in there, they're like, "How can we make this so difficult for people to actually charge the, my magic mouse?" Right? Okay, yeah. So that that was a problem. That I mean, that is a problem. In fact, that's, I, I'll put a link in the show notes to. Uh, a tweet I did the other day of what I found in my own office in which or our own office in which um one of our friends was having to use a USB mouse on his new MacBook Pro because the magic mouse was out of battery, but that also meant that he had to use a USB C to USB A adapter just to plug that mouse in. It was ridiculous. Yeah, I'm just totally and be- it bewilders me that designers come to these things and they go, I'm talking about the magic mouse specifically. We're going to design a mouse that is currently, we ship a design for, we, we currently ship a design for this mouse. Let's put a rechargeable battery in it. Woo. That's amazing. Yep. Go Apple because most ma- mice, you know, the high-end mice will have a rechargeable battery. That I, well, at least I've seen. Thinking about it, the Microsoft all, ones don't. All of my mice, they just take batteries, and you can put rechargeable right, batteries yeah, yeah. in them, but they last yeah. months. Yeah, they, exactly. they last months on those batteries. And, yeah, that's and, true. I, and the, that's the true. funny thing about these magic mice is that they seem to—they don't seem to last that long. No, a few about, weeks. Uh, no, about about month. I, I get about that's a few weeks. Okay, no, so the the, the 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 Microsoft ones last multiple months. Yeah, my I don't think I've ever changed the batteries in my my uh, ergonomic mouse yet mm-hmm. this this one anyway the point being here is when the designers sit down to go right let's make let's put a rechargeable battery in it how do we charge this oh you can't use it while you're charging it right because of the where we put the port and it is why stupid. do they not think yeah why do they not think this is a dumb thing this is dumb like this is stupid like literally oh <laughs> uh, maybe we shouldn't put a rechargeable battery in it because when you're charging it you can't did, yeah. Does it not? Yeah, and the, the trackpad and the keyboard themselves, they can they they can be used, right? While yeah, they the are charging, can. which is great. Right. The mouse, however, cannot. Huh. And the trackpad, it's by the way, stupid. Is, is annoying. It really is. Thanks, Jordan. It's, it's like the most... Yeah. Yeah. You can beep that out. Yeah, well, I'm gonna have to. <laughs> that was the whole that was the whole point. I just like that your point. rage got that much up. It is it is stupid though, and it looks it's it's obviously stupid it, it, when you look at it and you just think, well, that's a bad idea. I mean, uh, so Microsoft just did a new uh, Surface Precision mouse, and they've deliberately aimed this at like um, professionals who want to have a high precision mouse, and they've given them some options there of being able to do some new stuff, like being able to move it between screens. Um, and so you computers. can have it on multiple computers, yeah, multiple computers at the same time, which is which is nice. It's it's good, it's good. It's smart, but I think they also realise that hey, look, if we're going to aim at these professionals, we need to have another option here whereby it can be plugged in um, and be used. You know, if the battery's flat, 
Mm-hmm. And so they put the USB connection at the front. And they're not the first people to do this. I think Logitech do this as well. They put the USB connection right at the front, which is where the wire used to go. Yeah, which is um, where I would put it, I guess. Yeah, so you can plug ports. it in via a wire into a USB uh, port, and then it uses the USB connection rather than using wireless. So yep. if you are if you are concerned about performance or anything else, you can just do that. Now, I, I guess the, uh, the, the Magic Mouse design, because as Jordan said, they took an existing design and changed yes. the internals, right? And I was just thinking so the, about this, sorry, but the, 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 um, the front of the Magic Mouse is so small, there's no way they could put a lightning port there unless they changed the design. Unless they change the design. Yeah. Well, why didn't they change the design? Well, get this about the I Magic don't, Mouse, I don't though. really like the Magic this, Mouse design anyway. This new Magic Mouse. It seems way too flat. They they spent, after they're changing the, the fact that it had a battery in it now and not uh, changeable batteries, they spent ages making sure the click was right, but they didn't spend ages putting the lightning port in the bloody right direction. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. So something that came out today, or last night in fact, was that Johnny Ive obviously hasn't been overseeing much of the design apart from the, the Apple Campus 2 design, or Apple Park, sorry. Do you think this is related? Yeah, we, we did say before that perhaps he's off doing other things with this building and that's where his attention's been. Um, and he's he hasn't been paying as much attention to the product development. Um, maybe, maybe. May, or, or maybe it's just reached a level whereby he's gone, actually, I not only just want to be the, the head of design in principle and just kind of you know see the stuff after the decisions have been made maybe he's just said right i need to go back to being uh in that design studio because we've seen we've seen like interviews and things with johnny before where we've seen him in in that studio in those labs where he's where the people are building stuff where everyone everyone is working on these these iterations of these designs Mm -hmm. and he looked completely at home there right he knew what was going on he was able to describe these things we don't really see him doing those kinds of things, or I haven't really seen him doing those kind of things these days. No, um, he he he, he just hasn't seems been in his white more... room either. Yeah, and I w- I wonder if he has been preoccupied with other things, or you know, and, and perhaps now he's he's seen that uh, there's a bit of a, uh, <laughs> a bit this general feeling is going on. And perhaps he's decided that he he needs to pay more attention to it now. Yeah. So Johnny Ive was actually asked about the the uh, specifically things like the the MacBook criticisms and things like that. To which he replied on December the third, uh, absolutely, all of your feelings and feedback around the MacBook you use, we couldn't want to listen more. And we hear, boy, do we hear. So it's interesting. I think now that he's back, hopefully. I hope we'll start so. to see I some hope, changes. I hope, yeah, I hope it's more than just hearing, and it's actually going to take that and listen and learn and turn it into action. Because if if they can, uh, you know, redeem themselves and come up with something really good, then all of these folk that I see on Twitter all the time, mm-hmm. these these influencers, yeah. um, will go, ah, they've done it, they've fixed it, and it will be a massive turnaround in terms of perception because that's what we're talking about now. Yeah. We're talking about general feels and the general feels are going down. And if if they can pull off a, a glorious comeback, uh, it would probably soar back up, um, which yeah. is probably what they need. And my, my kind of, my last point that I, I want to say on this is that 
I worry about the future of this because they've in, they've invested so much, for example, in the touch bar on the MacBook Pros, and great, it has Touch ID. That I think is a great thing. I mean, when Touch ID was obviously the, the their their way of authenticating, um, I think that was great. I don't want that touch bar though. I wouldn't mind having Touch ID or Face ID now, but I do not want because to you have don't want to have the, the virtual bar. escape key, right? And even just that, like, I just don't, I don't personally like it, but I don't think they're going to go back now, which means that, so we're going to get stuck with that. But what, what will they go back on? What might be, will they change is, is the question they? here. Wouldn't they, do you think they wouldn't I, it, go back? It would really surprise me if they continued to offer a, an escape as in the, a MacBook with, uh, the, with no touch, sorry, without the touch bar. And the, the original keys on mm, a future release. This is the thing. Do you remember? You, you remember when we watched this together, all three of us? I, I think we were in different locations, but we were on Slack together. Yeah. When we watched these new Macs get announced, and we watched them using the um, the touch bar specifically, I think there was a DJ application. There was one yeah. that we were all watching. There's a DJ application. And this dude is like pressing this tiny little bar to do all this DJing stuff right and it just looks so obvious that the screen was broken why isn't he doing that on the screen the the same software would be better on an iPad than it is on a Mac what are they yep. trying to show by having this bar that is that is touch touchable where why interact with that with with touch when you could just interact directly with the screen it's like mm-hmm. it just seems um, unnecessary. They would be better off putting, if they want to put some kind of screen technology in it, put it in the trackpad and make make the trackpad do these things. Why add an extra bar? It just seems, mm. it seems funny. And I don't think that they're going to, that they would necessarily stick to that because as soon as they add a touchscreen to the device, um, the, you know, touch sensor to the screen, um, it's, it's redundant. It's completely yeah. redundant, isn't it? I mean, I guess, yeah. I don't think they'll do it though. I don't think Touch is coming to the Mac for quite a while. I don't. The, but, the operating system isn't prepared is, for this it. Is, uh, Windows maybe the is. operating system. Maybe the operating system isn't prepared for it. But I would rather see a 27 inch iPad Pro than I would see. I'd rather see a 27 inch iMac with touchscreen or even a MacBook mm, with touchscreen. Yeah, I maybe maybe that's it. what it is. Maybe they've got some but work to do there. But, me, but I think people growing up now are going to look at these screens and they are they are broken. They are broken because uh, being everything able to touch, interact, yeah. every being yeah, everything else is touched. But at the same time, and, they are targeting the iPad at people who are, uh, you know, who are they're trying to make the, the iPad more of a computer to those people, right? I think software mm. people who are writing software, right? They're writing them with a physical keyboard on a computer, and even today, when people are learning how to code, like they're, they're still using a laptop, right? When it comes to people using a computer, that's why they're, they're targeting the iPad as a computer. And that's why they've got an advert of a kid running around doing their schoolwork and then playing on it. And using the, they are using an iPad because that is what they're, they're targeting for that thing. So I don't think, I, I don't think that is, I, I don't but, know. I don't want to say so it's you, not a problem. So you want to make your iPad apps, right? You want to make apps for your iPad. Right. Yeah. So Mac, this is, this you want to use a Mac to make them. Right. But you can't use it you, without having an iPad because you can't touch the screen. How do you? How do you? No, no, how do you make these applications if you don't using have a, touch a keyboard screen? and a mouse? 
on right uh, but, if, but if you're designing for touch inter- interactions right so yeah then you, you i mean people do that today people plug in their ipads and oh you know yes but, you, but this, the the ios simulator doesn't support any touch interactions on a mac no but you can actually use your ipad and your devices to run debugging with right but that that really limits um you cannot have i mean for a developer for an independent software vendor who's trying to make something for the app store trying to trying to build something using a mac because they can only use a mac to do it really um if they don't have every version of the device how do they know that the touch interaction is going to work properly on all those devices right yeah i mean because because they've got a simulator device yeah, but that's that's really expensive. Yeah, no, I know it is, and it's not ideal. But that's that's the current state of play, right? Mm. And I, 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 I no, I, I and I agree. I think I think there should yeah. be some way to do this, but I, you know, I still think that the iPad is is general computing is is being targeted towards the iPad still. But if but if they add that if they add that touchscreen, I think the touch bar would go away. You reckon? Well, I mean, what would they do yeah. with all the stuff they've put in the screen though? As in, in the actual touchscreen and in, in the bar, because if you put it in the trackpad, there won't be a screen under there. And if there is, that would be disgusting. They just tell they just tell all the all the Adobe and, <laughs> and the one or two apps. other companies that make stuff. Um, they just tell them to do it differently. Yeah, and you know, I, the the uh, as far as a touch friendly version of Photoshop is concerned, yes, Photoshop works on touch on the surface. Parts of it work really well. Other parts less so because of the way that the UI is. Yeah. But I guarantee that if if they had like a touch, a proper touch uh, version, I suppose, or touch stuff or a, a design guideline for doing mm-hmm. touch on, on macOS, then Adobe would go, yep, okay, we'll do that. We'll do that right away. And they'd get to it. Yeah. See, just going back to the MacBook though, I think my, my personal opinion is I actually don't care for laptops anymore. I'm not interested in laptops anymore. Like I've, I've realized that I really like the idea of having this powerful workstation like my iMac or an iMac Pro as well. Uh, you know, a desktop computer that you, you is just sat there being awesome. And then for your other work that you want to be flexible with or for touch things, you have an iPad and an iPhone. And I, I do really like that right now. Like the, the idea of buying a MacBook right now scares me. But the idea of buying... Uh, and an iMac when I did amazing and also with the the iMac Pro coming out soon is very very interesting mm-hmm. I I so laptops at the moment not too interested but desktops and then having which I guess is an old kind of old fashioned to to say maybe mm-hmm. saying that you know desktops are still getting you know still up yeah, there for for us it's about it's a workstation, isn't it? Exactly. That's, that's the way yeah. to think about it. It's 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 not just a desktop. It's a this is a place to get work done, and it's a powerful machine. It's got lots of screen space that you can't get on a portable device. Mm-hmm. It is it it takes all of the things that you, these portable devices can't do and gives you that power. And if if my Apple were to do something like the Surface Studio, it would be an iPad, and it would essentially, I would hope, it would be some kind of maybe detachable yeah maybe maybe understand i the only last thing i want to say about the vulnerabilities and issues um with face id uh, specifically well sorry with the apple ecosystem right now is uh, face id uh that obviously had some problems when with the 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 date bug 
um, not oh, is working. Is that what it was that caused it, right? Yes. Because I, I, I do know that some people had some issues with Face ID, but I wasn't sure the cause. And I actually have my own feedback on, on Face ID right now is mm-hmm. uh, I do find myself use entering my passcode more than when I had Touch ID, which is obvious because things like in the morning when half of my head is in a pillow and the other half is poking out, looking at one eye, like one eye is looking at the phone, it doesn't work, which is really annoying. Uh, so I do find myself things like that, like entering my, um, entering my my passcode more than I did with Touch ID. However, when it does work, it is still really great. Mm. But I think I think hopefully there'll be a version two in which it gets smarter and starts realizing that that's only half of my head and I'm rotated slightly because I'm in bed. Yeah, or even doing things like taking your geolocation into account. Right. Right knowing having context to know where you are and thinking that chances are it's probably him mm-hmm. probably is right now therefore why even bother why even bother <laughs> bit random but um have you guys seen this new uh that sony been brought back the ipo robotic uh dog i did i did see this yeah. i haven't seen this but i remember them You've seen when them before, was, though, right? Yeah, when I was a kid, like Harvey Nichols used to sell them for two grand. Yeah, like, the, yeah, really expensive. I yeah. I wanted one. So um, back then, I, uh, oh, yeah. I really liked Sony gear. I had Sony laptop, Sony computer, Sony desktop, all, all of the Sony stuff. And I really, really wanted to get one. It had, you like plugged in like a memory stick into the back of it and it would do stuff. It would follow around, like it was a bright pink ball because the way that the sensors worked is that it saw this this bright pink ball as a toy and you had all the toys were like bright pink um but the idea was it was like this ai robot uh dog thing right, right? so you've, you've kind of seen it before but they've they brought it back so they've, they've got another one and they haven't had them for, for a while now they i think they did like a special edition a few years back um but yeah the, the new one it definitely looks um updated a lot more rounded than yeah. the previous ones um what do you think about so so while i do think the ability to try and make this thing look cute and have emotion and kind of try and be natural about its its motions i think it's stupid and i, I hate it <laughs> as a dog owner i think this is disrespectful because this is for some person who can't be asked dealing with a real dog and can't be asked cleaning up its and they have to, like, what they're going to do is leave this guy at home because they can't bring themselves to look after a real dog. And plus, well, my dog is cuter than this thing will ever be, even if it's got OLED eyes. Like, it's of, ridiculous. Of <laughs> the, the, I tell you what, the OLED eyes are um, a, a new thing. They're a really nice touch, actually. They didn't have anything quite like that before. And obviously, the eyes aren't the, like, it's optical sensors. It does have, like, a camera. But the camera is usually at the front. Previously, I think it used to be in the mouth. I think in the new one, it is towards the the nose um so it can it can take videos it can take uh, optical images and it uses um, various kind of machine learning algorithms on top of that to work out what it's looking at and so on um get a real dog uh, and train it the argument the argument in the past was that they they originally kind of targeted this at um uh, in japan they they targeted equip the you know housewives essentially at home um who in places that didn't have the size to to have like an actual dog 
Right. Like, because a lot of these apartments, because they're very, it's, it's things that tend to be compact in places like Tokyo. And, um, that was the original kind of, that was one of the original arguments, but I think also they, they just do it for the sake of doing it. Like they can make it, they've got the technology to make this kind of thing. So they do. Okay. And no one else, no one else makes anything quite this advanced. The only it's, part is, of me that likes this is the nostalgic part. It's like, oh, I remember seeing these when I was younger, right? But the rest of it just doesn't like this. This is just terrible. If you, right, to get a dog. So you would never right? get one, huh? No, uh, no, I would, you know what? I'd get one to see how my dog reacts with it. Because my dog oh, likes yeah. to, my, even the toughest of toys, my dog can chew up. And he's not aggressive at all. Like in the slightest. But he chew this. But he, when he's got, he's got a toy and he knows it's his toy, like he will most likely take it apart just by chewing on it. So I would like to see if he thought this was his toy and <laughs> would chew it apart. Although that'd be very expensive to do. But right. If you haven't got space for a dog, then you do not get a dog. If you really want a dog, Find a space and make sure that your life can support having a dog in it. And that means both being able to cater time-wise for that dog and be there for the dog, as well as space for the dog. If you're going to get a big dog, then you need a lot more space, right? So then right. if you want a dog, do that first and get a real dog. Yeah, Don't but this isn't this is, but this isn't the dog. Getting it's, it's, yes, it's a, a, yes, it's a dog. robot dog, oh, but it's, it's not, <laughs> it's not made like, to be a... Oh, you know, I want a dog, but I can't. I can't get one in my space, so I'm going to get a robot this instead. Is, this is, yeah, this is like a suggestion that perhaps a Tamagotchi is a replacement for a real pet as well. Uh, it's, it's not. They're a different thing, right? And <laughs> they say that like having a puppy is really good for your mental health. I don't think this will do for your mental health. I don't know. I don't know. I think. I think potentially it it could. I and what happens s- when it grows teeth and it's teething and then it chews your arm off because it hasn't learned quite how to not grow, chew your arm off yet it doesn't grow teeth it doesn't, <laughs> i am being that, ridiculous with that one but. no i know i know but i mean i i from in all seriousness i think uh things like this can um improve people's lives can improve people's mental health and so on like um, there are a, a, a number of scenarios where something like this would bring joy to someone's life. So, you know, someone who is perhaps disabled or something, they cannot have, they cannot take that kind of care for a real animal. Something like this would certainly, right, yeah. you know, bring them joy for, a, for, for um, you know, maybe not forever because obviously these, these kinds there, of things. There are other this, things you can do then though. You can get a dog walker if you, because... <laughs> I'm sorry, but I think oh, I think if someone is sure. disabled, uh, or for example, and they want a dog, because you're trying to make me look bad <laughs> here now, Jules, because I was, no, but this, I was I'm being not very aggressive is... as, kind of, as a joke, right? But, <laughs> right, if you are disabled, get a real dog. It'll make you feel way better than this will, and it'll be cheaper. I mean, $1,700, I mean, probably not overall, but get a, get a real dog. It'll be warm <laughs> and soft and cuddly. And then if you, you know, if you need something that needs to be walked a lot and you can't do it, get a dog walker. <laughs> yes i mean sorry yeah, i just, I just I, think I, that a no, I kind of, real I see dog that. <laughs> is much more cuddly and warm and soft and friendly if trained right than a plastic probably cold thing if you live this downstairs on a hardwood floor it'll get really cold not my dog yeah, i'm sure He's i'm a sure heater. it would i'm sure it would um so it, it does have uh technology in it to learn an environment in the same way that a room vacuum cleaner does um where it will <laughs> that's what you want it will, <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, yeah, that's probably more useful. But it will look around, it'll look around the room and it uses its optical and um, audio sensors, I believe, to actually get an idea of the environment that it's in. And it does know where it is versus other parts. It kind of builds a map of um, of the environment and stuff. Right. I don't know how well they handle stairs. Now, I've only seen that's one not of very these. Well. I've only seen one of these in for real. Um, and it was, uh, probably around 99 or 2000 so it was one of the earlier ones and um it was it was huge and clunky and it looked like something out of doctor who whereas this does look like something that is certainly more um approachable and you know i'm i'm thrilled that sony have decided to have another go at this because obviously they they had a go at this really early um you know early on in terms of what the capabilities are and um you know, I think I think having a go now, when the when the software certainly and the hardware as well is a lot more mm. impressive. You know, being able to put those OLED eyes in those cute OLED eyes. <laughs> but but uh, at the same time, obviously, I'm I'm in I'm not you know disillusioned here. Like I don't think this is a this is a real this is a, this isn't a dog replacement. Obviously, right. Um, this is this is you know a a, a, a toy robot. How much were the? Do you know how much these were when they first came out all those years ago? Thousands of pounds. Right. Okay. So they still they still retained that. That's that's pretty crazy. That is pretty crazy. Yeah. To have. Oh yeah, they are. They are. And the 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 strange thing is though, when you see one of these things actually moving and walking around, um, it's quite impressive to see. It is quite impressive, and you 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 know, and you, you hold up a ball for it, and it's looking at you, and it's giving you all this tension. And then you throw it somewhere and it's like, oh, I'm going to go do it. Mm. These these things aren't connected to the internet in any way. They're not plugged into anything. They're just doing this. They're just doing this. Uh, yes, it's all algorithms. It's all software built in. Yeah. Seeing them go off and do stuff like that was is is pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Um, but at the same time, like I say, I I know that this isn't a, this isn't a, an actual dog, <laughs> right? Um, but yeah, I just... <laughs> Because I thought it was an interesting thing, I thought I would uh, see what you guys think about it, and uh, and now I know. I I I just prefer real dogs. Yeah, is my general thought on it. Thanks for listening to episode thirteen of the Mavis Podcast. You can find the show notes for today's episode by going to mavispodcast.com slash thirteen. You can tweet us your questions at Mavis Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Andrew Halfway. You can find Julian on Twitter at Julian K. And Jordan is on Twitter at Jordan is on Fire.